sporty. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, I'm Lisa Francesca Nand, and welcome to the Big Travel Podcast, brought to you by WeCure, the leading health tourism provider in the UK. You can still travel to Turkey, did you know, for medical reasons? And what better way to have a holiday at the same time than taking advantage of the offer of taking someone else with you absolutely free? WeCure connects patients seeking dental treatments, aesthetic procedures and social and mental well-being with internationally accredited medical institutions in Turkey, turning your treatment into a relaxing holiday. Visit wecure.co.uk slash big travel podcast to find out more about this special offer. That's wecure.co.uk slash big travel podcast. Now on to today's episode. All the way from Rosslare Harbour in Wexford in Ireland, Samantha Kelly is the founder of Business Networking Women's Inspire Network. We talk inspiring women in business, the people who have inspired us, arriving by boat to Ireland on the way to the Seychelles, working as a waitress in a Hong Kong Irish pub. The joy of dancing on bars, the joy of Irish pubs, getting engaged in New York and how the human connection, the things that bond us and make us smile are more important than ever. You're going to find this one very inspirational. Samantha Kelly on the Big Travel Podcast. This is really exciting to be having you on the podcast because I remember very early on in my Twitter journey, you've you've always been really supportive of women on Twitter in particular. So why don't you, you tell me why? What is it? What do you do? Why, why are you so wonderfully supportive? Which I'm very grateful for, by the way. Oh, you're very, you're very welcome. Well, I just, I just know what it's like. That's all, you know, and I just know that from when I started my business 11 years, whatever, whenever, oh my God, 2011. Yeah. Um, when I was starting my business, it was like, uh, I didn't have any experience. I didn't have any, and I just felt a bit stupid because, you know, I didn't go to college and I thought, who do I think I am? You know? <laughs> and, um, then I just learned as I went, but then I realized, you know, the more successful I became, I just didn't want to forget where I started. And um, my dad was always like that. My dad passed away. That kind of kicked me into gear into starting my own business. Um, um, he was always a bit of an entrepreneur, a bit of a Dell boy, and always trying to think of the next thing that would make us millionaires, you know. Uh, so I kind of, um, I think, you know, when he passed away, I felt, you know what, you only live once. I might as well just try it. You know, I might as well just go for it. Like, and I'm also 12 years sober. So that helped me make decisions as well, because, um, you know, when you, when you get your head together and you, you realize you actually are an asset to the world, <laughs> it's like, um, it just changes everything. And so I just felt, do you know what, I'm going to give this a shot. And if it doesn't work, 
doesn't work. And so that's really how it started. But I really, it was men and women I like to help. But you know what? It was actually women you know, if I was speaking at a conference or something that would come up to me at the end or say, oh, my God, I totally identified with what you said. And so that's why I just focused on the female aspect. And also as a woman working online, I could see there was a gap there because like at the time I was a carer for my daughter. She went then she was starting school and stuff. And I, I couldn't go and spend a day going up to an event or and I knew I wasn't the only one. Uh, in that situation, but yet I had a viable business. So I felt we were being ignored a little bit. And I was like, who's looking after us? Like, And so I felt isolated myself and lonely. And so that's why I started the Women's Inspire Network, because I knew I could reach a global audience as well. So really, that's how it started. And that's why, you know. So many things have just come out of that as I'm, you know, I sit here listening to you and I th- I'm thinking, I'm qu- thinking of questions as I go. And I do want to, you to tell me more about the Women Inspire Network. But I'm also thinking how, about on, how online working has empowered yeah. women to a certain extent. And to yeah. also a certain extent, the, uh, the coronavirus and the subsequent lockdown yeah. and the changes. I was, I was, I'm creating a serious podcast for, for a big agricultural conference in Africa. And the, the, the main, my main colleague is a, a mum as well. And we're working from home and we've both got kids there. And suddenly, because everyone's working from home, suddenly it's actually normal to have the children making the noise in the background. And it doesn't matter. In fact, it's almost embraced when you see people on the television and yep. you know, you've got the BBC guy with the guy with the people coming into the back in the background, the kids coming in and what everyone yeah. very racistly thought was the nanny who was actually the wife uh, almost yes. almost that remote I miss I mean I would love to be sitting with you right now I'm assuming you're in Ireland and yeah. I would love to be sitting with you having an interview but I, I do love the fact that it's empowered you know women in particular online working so anyway yeah. so much to say about that tell us about the Women Inspire Network maybe well, the, well actually and you're so right by the way the things you brought up there I mean the Women's Inspire Network the name was WIN, you know, Women's Inspire Network. That's how I got that. And um, I kind of, um, I just knew, like you said, you know, like we weren't taken seriously, I thought, you know, and now we're being taken seriously. Even the ads on the TV have a woman at the dinner table on her phone and the kid comes in and says, mom, you said no phone time at the table. But actually she was, before that she was in a suit, but actually it was just her on her phone on her Zoom call, you know, and things like that. And this is becoming normalized now. Whereas like you said, my network was always like that. We had women joining with the child on their lap or the grandchild on their lap because a lot of my members started their businesses later. So like I was 40 when I started mine. I'm 49 now. So it was nine years yet. And then a lot of them would be the age between 35. And uh, and I know you English love the way I say 35. Yeah. <laughs> 35 <laughs> to, to 60 years old, you know. So, you know, there's a lot of women I found as well, um, they, they didn't feel like they were being taken seriously. And myself included, I must say, I found that I was a bit of an underdog. It's like, oh, God, you're a woman, you know, Jesus. You know, and it was like, uh, and because I'm a bit of a messer and I don't want to lose my personality and I love a bit of fun uh, just because I don't drink anymore doesn't mean I can't, I don't know how to enjoy myself. And it's like, um, I felt like I was going to be the most boring person in the world. Oh, God, you know, what do you do if you don't drink? Like, you know, what am I going to do with my life? I'm so boring. But you know what? I've never been so busy. I've never had such joy in my life. And joy is really important. If, we're, if you're not enjoying what you do, you need to stop doing it. Um, and, and we all get bad days. We all get stressed. And you see, I think 
I feel it's really important that not only are we supporting each other by, you know, retweeting each other's tweets and sharing each other's content and learning from each other. We also need to look out for each other because they're, they're like mentally, this, this is a mad time. We, we're, I'm well used to working from home. I understand the isolation. I understand, oh my God, my head is melted. I'm in my own head. Who can I talk to about this customer that hasn't paid me, for example? Or who can I talk to about that customer who was really rude and am I in the wrong? You know, and all those little issues that crop up. We don't have someone to bounce them off. So this is why I knew it was important. And um, especially now with COVID, mentally, mental health wise, I think there's going to be a big issue because don't forget, no matter what, no matter how great your husband is, the women this morning, I was picking up a birthday cake. Um, I was rushing back to make sure I could do this call. You know, I was doing everything. And no matter how much they try, the guys, it's, there are great guys too. Trust me, my husband's waiting to use the Hoover. So he's great, right? But um, <laughs> he's like, can I use the Hoover? No, not when I'm on my podcast, no. Um, but, you know, no matter what, it is the women that take the, the 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 main, and especially if there's lockdown and like we're the ones that are sitting at home with the kids. And, you know, um, I could say I'm going on this call and it's never going to be as important as their thing that they have to do, you know? So it's, it's about... Um, making sure that we can help each other. And it could be something small, you know, it could be something like, you know, well, actually, I know someone that can help you do that. Or I know that company could actually save you time and all of this kind of stuff. It's really important, you know. I'd, re- I'd really like to disagree with you about the women and men thing and uh, once mm. people have kids. But, you know, even, I mean, I'm I'm the most useless person around the house and I've always, me too, all, me all too. the men I've been out with and, and my husband, uh, yep. 20, 20 years, um, he did all the cooking and cleaning and all of that yep. stuff. When it came to having the kids, mm. I fell into the main carer role. And mm. the main carer is the person that carries the mental load. And invariably, yeah. I do know a lot of relationships where the, the woman is the higher, highest earner, whether, you know, the men are really enlightened, do probably all the housework, definitely all the cooking. But yeah, my husband's great. Kids, when it comes yeah. to the kids, it is often, I'm not saying exclusively, because I know I do yes. have male friends who will be listening to this shouting at me. But and me, sorry. Cases, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the majority of cases, the mental load of looking after the kids and working as well comes down to... to yeah. But in the majority, and, and we are talking about the majority and, you know, and, and I know some great, like my husband is amazing. He does all, I, I hate housework. I hate it. Um, and, you know, he does it all to be, I have to be honest. And that's one of the reasons he says he hates me and he loves me at the same time is my messiness. You know, so, I mean, you know, but, you know, we can't be great at everything, you know. Um, and I think I try and be great at everything. And, um you know, this is why I started the Women's Inspire Network. And, and then I knew as well, I had to keep it affordable and I had to keep adding value. Because when, when lockdown happened, I said, oh my God, loads of people are going to cancel their memberships. And like, it's only 20 a month, but still I said, oh my God, people are going to have financial difficulty. And I know what that's like. I was a lone parent when I started my business. I had nothing, 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 nothing. And um, I know what it's like not having money. And um, I, so I said, right, to stop them cancelling, I'll add more value. So I reached out to all the people that I could never normally get 
to do interviews with and they were all sitting at home bored as well and they all they like all the speakers they have just lost so much business so they are open more to doing webinars and to doing interviews and um, so it was great so I just added more value and did extra webinars and stuff and when you do that people stay they don't mind paying you know yeah absolutely well we better get onto your travels and I know you have traveled yes. a lot for work but tell us where you are at the moment because of course Ireland is probably one of the most beautiful places in the world to visit. It's one of the greenest and stunning. It is a bit rainy. I've been to, you know, Ireland in the um, in the, the height of August when to beautiful white beaches, actually, that would rival the Caribbean yes. and you, you don't set a foot on them. You're like, OK, that's the beach. Let's get back. Into the <laughs> yeah. So t- tell me where you are. Describe it to us. I live in Rosslair Harbour. I'm from Dublin originally, so I'm city girl originally, but I live in Rosslair Harbour. I always dreamed of living by the sea. So I live in a council house, which is about eight minutes walk to the, to the beach, which is just fantastic. So I got my dream um, and it's in the southeast of Ireland. So the boat actually comes in here from Wales. So I can just wave to the boat from where I am. Um, but, you know, um, it's a lovely county, Wexford, like just loads of beaches um, lots to do. Beautiful. And I'm just so blessed. I'm really blessed and I'm re- well aware of that. Um, but, you know, there's no place like during the lockdown, I was so lucky I could just go for walks and stuff, you know. You're, yeah. You've got more restrictions there at the moment than here in England, as far as I'm yeah, aware. Yeah, yeah. We're at level three now, which means, um, yeah, some of the pubs are closed again. And it's really tough out there, you know, for people. Um, but this is why actually my membership went up 28 percent during all of this, because I think finally people understood what a webinar was. They understood what a Zoom call was. Like we already knew that, Lisa, you know, but other people didn't. They, this was their first time using a Zoom call, you know, especially in government agencies and stuff. They, they really didn't know. But now they've had to jump into this world, whether they like it or not. And, um, you know, uh, it's it's we're, we're very lucky um, because, you know, we're just I'm just very lucky where I live. I'm not stuck in an apartment in a city or something, you know. You mentioned being sober and there's two things that sprung to mind there is one of my most wonderful pastimes in Ireland. And I've been quite a lot actually in luck, been lucky enough to travel quite a bit over Ireland um, is that the pubs are just incredible. Describe to me um, your favourite moment in an Irish pub. I mean, this could be in times of sobriety or times yeah. of non-sobriety. My favourite moment was in County Clare. Have you been to Doolan in County Clare? No, I haven't actually. Oh my gosh, you'd love it. Okay, and it was a traditional Irish music thing. And actually, I was with my sister and we got a bit drunk and um, we sat there with the musicians and the 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 one-legged musician gave his lift home. <laughs> I, I, just love, I just love that music culture in, in Ireland at the pubs. It's just fantastic. And to have that sort of taken away from you without with the lockdown is... Um, is well, for me, it didn't bother me. I don't go to pubs anymore. It, no. see, it's not part of my life anymore. So it's I go to my meetings instead and I go to dinner and it's just I, I wasn't a real pub person. Uh, I, I was a nightclub person. So I used to go nightclubbing more so. Um, but uh, the pubs thing, I do like a lovely, uh, the Harry Lemon pub. Um, it's in Dublin. And I went in there one day and I was very stressed and my dad used to make this thing called coddle it's a Dublin dish I don't know if you ever tasted it and uh, I saw it on the menu and I went in there to cry and have a cup of tea and hide but I ended up having the coddle because I said oh my dad used to make that I'll have that and then I start I put a picture up on Twitter and the guy saw that I did a tweet and he went oh my god did you just tweet about our pub to 35,000 people whatever it was and I was like oh yeah I said I love the coddle started chatting he gave me a free bread and butter pudding 
as dessert. I came out of that pub. I went in to cry. I came out of the pub feeling, do you know what? That was just comforting. It was like a blanket was wrapped around me. I had a lovely chat with the guy. And guess what? Um, I wrote an article about it, about how customer experience can change a bad day into a good day. And his, uh, the owner of the pub saw it. Um, I ended up getting on TV talking about it and they put me in their recipe book. So I'm in the hairy lemon recipe book and my picture is there beside Bono as well. <laughs> That's amazing. I love how uh, a travel, even if that is popping into your, somewhere on your own in your home city, yeah. I love how travel and new experiences and being vulnerable like that and, you know, yeah engaging in the conversation with the, yeah. the waiter yeah. or the passerby yeah. or anything like that. I love how that can lead to some of travels or some of life's actually most special moments. Oh, amazing. And we're friends every time I walk in there to make a big fuss of me as if I'm some movie star, you know, it's really funny because I got them on TV because, because I mentioned it in the article, they weren't expecting that, you know what I mean? So, um, and then at the time I was doing a conference and that's what I was actually stressed about. I, I had a big conference coming up the social media summit and, um, we had 19 speakers with like over a million followers between them. And they said, hmm, we're hungry. Guess where I brought them? Harry Lemon Pub. Definitely. So. And it's just those. I mean, you don't you don't do it to to uh, with any sort of um, background, ulterior, you know, motive. Any ulterior yeah. motive. That's what I was looking yeah. for. But that sort of customer service is just, um, you know, just yeah. a, a friendly word, word, isn't it? And I think we all need that. I, when I'm out and about and I was going to say on the tube, I haven't been on the tube for, for a long time now, unfortunately. But when I'm out and about, I always speak to people. I mm. always have little chats and and, ha- you know, have those little moments of engagement. And that one of act of kindness, you just don't know what effect that will have on someone. I've also started to, talking about women helping women, I've also started to swallow my natural shyness. And if someone's wearing something that I like, or I think someone's hair is great or something like that, I'll tell them. Because Greece. the times that it's happened to me, when yeah. random strangers, always women, well, sometimes men actually as well, but when, when women do it in the street and they go, I love your dress. Or yeah, in fact, someone complimented me on my matching mask and dress the other week, which I thought was a very 2020. But I've started to do that too. So we better yeah. talk a little bit more about some of your travels. And of course, um, Ireland and, and Dublin, as we were talking about, is a, a place of travel. Um, wh- where else has been special to you and why? Um, I love New York. I love New York. I always wanted to go to New York, but I hated flying. And I remember um, I'd never been to America and it was just something on my vision board that I had was America. And uh, one of my um, friends on Twitter, Mary, Mary McKenna from Tour America, actually, she said she had a press trip coming up and did I want to go? And it was to Philadelphia. So that was my first time in America. I was a real tourist, but because I was so excited, it came across in my tweets, it came across in everything that I said, and it really was a great like kind of trip. Um, but then I just wanted to go to New York and I went with my now husband and he proposed to me on top of the Empire State Building. You know, if you're going to do it right, do it right. Like, and um, I, I hate flying, but um, I just wanted to do it. And it was just something calling me. And then we went back again two years later for our anniversary. And I just love New York. And I, I, I had planned another trip and then lockdown happened. So I wanted to bring my sister this time. And so that was kind of, um, you know, but, but what I did was I was supposed to speak in New York as well. It was a kind of a trip slash fun trip with my sister. And so I was supposed to speak in Philadelphia in the chamber there. And um, so we just did it online instead. And, get, and now they're supporting my conference. So it's about building relationships. And this is the lovely thing about online. You can build relationships online and then, you know, 
next thing you're being asked to speak at one of their events, you hop on a plane. We can't hop on the plane now, but we can still do the conference. We can still add value. And I'm speaking at the Irish Business Association in New York or the Irish Business Organization of New York. I'm use, I'm speaking on Thursday, like in two days about um, how to surprise and delight your customers. One day, actually. Oh my gosh, do you know what? My days get all mixed up. I'm so tired with all this. I think everybody is tired and drained right now. But I love, I love, like you said, I love the meeting people part of traveling. I love that when you can create a unique experience for someone or they can create one for you. New York was just something. I just loved the buzz. I love Paris as well. I lived in Paris for two years. I lived in Hong Kong for two years. My daughter actually, I came home pregnant, actually. I, I met my ex-husband, as you do, you know, you come home, you know, pregnant. And, um, you know, so I was a bit like, but I came home, my tail between my legs, but then we ended up back together and all that kind of stuff. And my daughter's 21 now and she's beautiful. She's Chinese looking and the dark hair and oh, she's gorgeous. And, um, you know, so I went back to Hong Kong then to speak as doing what I'm doing now. And it was just like, whoa, what a different world I'm coming back to because I wasn't coming back with my tail between my legs. I was coming back as a businesswoman, you know, and it just shows you that it doesn't matter what you've been through and what your experiences are. um, You can change your life and you can turn your life around as well. Oh, three destinations I want to put, pull you up on there. We're going to take New York, Hong Kong and Paris. Yes. Um, New York, this sounds, this is probably a ridiculous thing, but I do like to romanticize, thing or, romanticize things or sort of bring them back to history. But you were talking yeah. as an Irish person, having that burn, burning desire to cross yes. the Atlantic and go to yeah. New York. When you yeah. do something like that, there's so much history and social history and, and, and strife and actual tragedy involved in a lot of those tales. Do you feel the weight of that history when you're going somewhere as an Irish person to New York? Or am I just totally romanticising it? Well, in a way, I was sitting there in one of the Irish pubs because that's where the lovely food was, funny enough. We went to some of the Irish pubs. So there you go. We did go to Irish pubs in New York. And um, I did feel, you know, I wonder what the history is here. Why did the guy open this here? And did he come on his own? And I was thinking about all that. So I was looking at the pictures and, you know, so it is. Yeah, there is that connection there. And like, usually if I go to a foreign land, I don't want to go to the Irish pub. Do you know what I mean? Like in Paris, I definitely didn't go to the Irish pub. You know, I wanted to go to the French places, you know, um, and in Hong Kong, I ended up working in the Irish pub as a waitress, you know, so it's like, you know, I do have that experience. But yeah, I've worked I, in Irish pubs in Holland and Belgium, and I've had some of the best nights of my life in, I mean, they're kind of like plastic paddy. Is that, that's a, is that a slur? That, it's a, I've just suddenly realised, is that a racist term, that whole plastic paddy thing? Did I, did I, I don't know. I don't think it is. I think it's okay yeah. to say. But they I are think- sort of plastic paddy pubs. But I've I've had some of the best nights in my life in Irish pubs around the world, actually. An Irish pub in Bangkok you see- I used to go to. It's coming back to the same thing again, though. It's meeting up with like-minded people. It is. Yeah. People that love music and yep. conversation. And it's a huge generalization again. But I love I love the Irish. That I've got a lot of great Irish friends. Where I grew up in Spain, a good proportion of my friends are Irish. And um, actually, you're right. It's, it's having an affinity with people. And I do That's find it. 
Yeah, and you you like the Irish thing, exactly. And you're open to that sense of humor (laughs) because you wouldn't go to an Irish pub otherwise. You know, I mean, you you have to be able for the slagging and the, and I, and I think that's a really important part. And see, if I go abroad now and, 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 and Americans in particular, they say, oh, you're Irish. Oh my God, you must love Guinness. And that, that (laughs) annoys me though. That annoys me because I go, well, actually, no, I don't think I should drink Guinness or I can really make this a good party, you know, because, you know, because I'm sober. But, you know, I, I do little jokes like that, you know, or, oh, you must drink whiskey. I'm like, well, not anymore. <laughs> Twelve years sober. But, you know, it does annoy me because if I'm speaking at a conference, I actually don't talk about Guinness and I don't talk about whiskey. I talk about the beauty of the country. I talk about the people. I talk about the the friendliness and the, the the spirituality. There's a big, I don't know, I'm sure you've probably experienced this yourself. There's something very spiritual about the West of Ireland. Yes. Um, and that whole atmosphere and the, the smells. And I, I just think I, I love Ireland. You know, I, I'd love to be an ambassador for Ireland. Actually, that's the dream, you know, that that someday the, the board of Irish tourism board will, will, will send me off to, to promote Ireland or something. But you are. You're doing, you're doing it here and now. Actually. <laughs> um, so yeah. you, were, you were working as a waitress in a Hong Kong bar when you got knocked up by your then, you know, later to be. <laughs> I have a better story just, than that in a minute. Just, just paraphrasing. <laughs> Where should we start? Should we do getting knocked up in Hong Kong or uh, Paris or the other better story, the good story that's just about to crop out? Well, here it is, right. I was working as a waitress in the... I, I was working as a waitress in an Irish pub. And um, the USS Abraham Lincoln pulled into port and they had to seen a woman in like three months. And of course, I was there with my long, wavy, strawberry blonde hair, Irish, gorgeous, slim. And uh, and I can sing as well, you see. So I sang. I sang a song for them. Oh, my God. I ended up dancing on the bar with all these oh. Navy guys and these Top Gun guys. It was so funny. So that's my best story. That sounds amazing. That's in the Irish pub in Hong Kong. Yeah. Oh, that's it. That wasn't the night you got knocked up then. I'm no. Of your wonderful child here, but I'm doing it on purpose, as you know. I know, I know. But honestly, I mean, I think it's important to have these kind of memories because it shows that I'm human. It shows that, you know, okay, I did loads of stupid things, you know, like everybody does. And I think it's really, I try... I try my best um, to show that I do not judge people. Like it doesn't matter what your past is. It's who you are now. Um, and I think it's really important that we remember that. And, and women can sometimes be worse to women, you know, and I think, and I've been through it myself. Trust me, trust me. Right. Um, not everybody likes me <laughs> tweeting goddess. And, uh, you know, it's, it's about, um, keeping it real and and look I did that and it was fun and it's a funny story because it's like you know they must have been like oh my god look at this woman here you know like in you know she can sing and she's gorgeous and she you know, they what must have I wouldn't do to be great. in that bar at that time in fact what I wouldn't do to be in that bar when the truckload of uh, oh of they were just so handsome you're yeah. singing on the bar and what did you sing Oh, jeez! I think it was Mary Black or something. No frontiers. But you see, the thing is, um, like they were all so so disciplined and 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 clean cut and you know gorgeous and you know yes ma'am no ma'am all that like it was really funny <laughs> you've actually just reminded me last night I had a big night out in not last night not, not last night but the last time wasn't the last time it's one of the many times I've had a big night out in Dublin I met members of the I think it was the Albanian Navy, some random Navy. Maybe it was Italian. I don't know. It must I have been drunk. in Leeson Street, was, were you? I was drunk. Yeah, it was around the Temple Bar area. 
And um, yeah, and in fact, there's photo evidence. I'm dressed up as a schoolgirl with um, with bunches on both sides of my head. It was a Hindu, and uh, one of the only times I've ever dressed up as a Hindu it was my cousin's Hindu. They're sadly now divorced a long time ago, <laughs> but it was a great night. And actually, every night out I've had in Dublin, I've needed a holiday to get over it. Luckily, yeah. one of my best friends lives in Malahide, down on the coast, and she's host. And mm. it's just beautiful there. It's just the most relaxed yeah. and scenic and beautiful place. So you can have a crazy night out in Dublin and then go and see her for a recovery the next day. <laughs> I like it. I like it. But you see, this is the thing. I was a bit wild, but you know what? I, I didn't do anyone any harm and I didn't, you know, I, I used to think, oh, I was terrible. I wasn't terrible. I was just having fun. I was in my 20s, like, you know, and it's just um, so it's important for me to realize that for my own daughters as well, you know, and, and let go a little bit and let them do their thing. And, you know, and my 21 year old is amazing. She owns her own business. She's a power lifter. Oh, she's amazing. And then my 14 year old's her birthday today. So um, I'm just so proud of her. And she's just amazing, too. And she's like deaf. Um, she's she's got two hearing aids and she's had her own. They're so brave and courageous. I just think they're better than when we were that age. I think I think I, just, just, I find it hard to compare. My kids are, yeah. are very young, so I don't know yet. But I, yeah, I mean, I do look at, you know, we, I certainly wasn't running a business at, at 21. Yeah, and me too. I was off traveling at a very young age on my own and leaving home to live in another yeah. country. And I was 16. So I think maybe we forget. I, in fact, I think from anecdotally, from what I see, people used to leave home younger and go overseas more even with my experience yeah yeah, I think with Ireland as well was very closed and very Catholic and all of that stuff and it was like I just like I just wanted to see some I just had this thing about Paris so I went over to do and be an au pair I was an au pair in Paris for a year and I'm still in touch with that family like we actually met the two girls I used to mind in New York and we oh. sat down and had dinner. It was bizarre. It was just like, like we, we stayed in touch. Uh, she met, she was doing the thing a semester in Trinity. Zoe is her name. And she's, um, and she was actually in Trinity when she was 19. And I met her and we walked up a mountain kit together. The child I used to mind in Paris. It's mad. Oh, mad. that's lovely. That's really nice. So I'm guessing Paris came before Hong Kong. Um, yeah. Paris. Uh, yeah. yeah. Loved so Paris. What was, yeah. uh, what sort of moments stand out from you from living in Paris as a, Oh, gosh, I can't remember most of this. <laughs> I can't remember most of it to parties. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, it was funny just... enough, I had someone on recently who was an au pair in Paris um, and they they remembered the parties as well. What are these? I mean, I've been to parties in Paris, but not as an au pair. What are these parties I've missed out on in Paris? Normally, we, wouldn't, really have, crazy night out we wouldn't have much money, you see. So we'd sit on the Seine or sit on the bridge in the Seine. It was just, I just liked being there and the atmosphere and the the, the, the sounds and the smells and, you know, the baguettes and the... Oh, it was just, I just loved Paris and I loved the French men as well. And, you know, I just loved, and I loved the language. It's so nice. And, you know, I, I just always had a thing about Paris and, um, yeah, I just partied a lot. Um, but then I worked in a restaurant as a hostess and I'd have to get people to buy aperitifs and stuff. And I was, we just used to go out, party hard, work hard, party hard, work hard. That's all we did. Like, you know, you know it, uh, I love it. We are talking about it in the past tense because it's somewhere something that you did. But in terms of the partying heart, like, I just spent a summer in Spain and I would be more than happy to get on the bar and dance. Yeah, of <laughs> course. Let me. They seem to have built bars these days. So that doesn't happen. I think there's some sort of health and safety thing. <laughs> Probably. Like 20 years ago. But I would so get on the bar. I'd probably yeah. be carried out by the, uh, the doorman. Or the yeah, but you see, we're, we're good dancers, you see. So we're allowed to, you know, and you're not allowed up on the bar unless you're a good dancer and unless you're good looking, you know. <laughs> yeah, 
that's true actually I, well, I, I like to think that I don't know if I like to now, think like, so too not that they, they kind of felt sorry for me look at the aegis <laughs> on the bar like <laughs> let's let them have their moments out there yeah, yeah exactly but this is okay it's okay to have fun and but I still believe that now in business as well it's really okay to have fun and enjoy what you're doing and enjoy the relationships you make like I really like you actually this is our first time to have a conversation <laughs> and I just love your buzz and and it's important to surround ourselves with people that are like that and um, because you know this is a really tough time for everyone and I think the more fun and joy you can still get is it's really important you know it's, it's about the daytimes at the moment isn't it and you said something a little bit early you said about everyone being very tired and exhausted yeah, and I'm yeah. I'm finding that I'm finding you yeah. know anecdotally with me my friends people I know everyone's really tired by a yeah. certain time of night and I have no idea why it's almost like the mental exhaustion of it is, of, it is. of life at the moment maybe takes its toll physically and the up and downs you know I mean even as an entrepreneur you know it, like be it's like a roller coaster and that is very tiring you know the uncertainty I think and we know what uncertainty is like because we're self-employed and it's like you don't know if you're going to have loads of clients next month you don't know what's going to happen and this is the uncertainty of life during COVID right now you know it nobody seems to be able to make I business plan sure that was thrown out the window this week this month this year you know so it's it this is this is why I do what I do and this is why I think it's the connection the human connection and finding like-minded people is so important it is absolutely I think now more than ever you you said uh go back to uh, to Hong Kong and you, you got pregnant with your now 21 year old and you said she's so she half Chinese or Hong yes. Kong Chinese yes 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 she is yeah her dad lives over here now in Ireland like yeah and how was that received when you came home? Only because I, I know what Ireland can be like and I'm the product of a, of a mixed relationship uh, in, from the north of England from the 1970s and there were, there were some issues there. I'd like yeah, to yeah, think that there yeah. weren't for you, but um, no, I'm my dad. Been, Sam. My, no, my dad was great. I mean, I was already going out with Ricky before I went over there to Hong Kong. So, um, But when I came home, I left him and I came home and my dad was there. And this is why I missed my dad's. My dad was, oh, my dad was probably really, I miss him so much, right? And when I ar- arrived, I was like, oh God, he's going to eat the head off me now. And oh, this is going to be so awkward when I get off the plane. And you know what he said? Would you like a cup of tea? It's lovely. So, you know, it's like those things you know, it's how we treat others, how we react to things. And my dad was always someone that helped people that were going down the wrong path or going down the wrong road. And, you know, I've seen at his funeral, there was a lot of grown up men crying at that funeral who he had helped and just reached out to and maybe might have been hanging out with the wrong crowd. And he said, sure, come here, help me build this wall or help me, you know, and he'd bring them fishing or something. And, you know, things like that, uh, that they turn helped turn these lives around, like, you know, so it's kind of, I remember when he was um, in intensive care, like um, the priest, and I'm not religious at all, like, and the priest came over and I was like, and he started doing the last rites or whatever. And I said, um, oh, no, 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 stop, stop doing that. Like, and I gave out to the priest, right? And then later on, he came over again and I said, look, I'm really sorry. I'm just a bit upset. Da, da, da. He said, well, tell me about your dad. And so I told him all the stories and he said, right. So he was non-judgmental, kind, yeah, and patient. Yeah, a bit like Jesus then, he says. <laughs> so I was like, okay, maybe. <laughs> so, I know, I love, I love the Irish male like that. I know a lot of people who are, 
very close to their Irish dads. And also, sadly, a lot of Irish dads that have died young. I have no yeah. idea why, really. Um, I tell you why, because, you know, I think I think that uh, alcohol in Ireland is a big thing. I really do. I think it's a big issue and I think it's normalized for us in particular. Um, and, you know, now dad, what, you know, he loved his pint and all, but he smoked a pipe. And you, there wouldn't have been, I think health and wellness is much more prevalent now in the younger generation here in Ireland. Like my daughter's very healthy. She's diabetic type one, actually, the 21-year-old Leah. But she um, she's very aware of, like, I think education has helped a lot because I know my 14-year-old even would read labels now. And I never, ever read a label when I was her age, you know. So things like that, I think it's, I think there's a lot of that to do with it, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I, I was going to say the same, um, you know, from what I've experienced as well. And, and smoking. Things, yeah, yeah, smoking, a lot of smoking. Yeah. It's that, it's that, uh, it's here as well in the UK amongst the rural communities, the working, traditionally, I mean, and the working yes. classes, you know, urban yeah. and rural. It's yeah. That. It's the yeah. same thing. And we would have been it? working class. Yeah. Yeah. We would have been working class probably. You know, it's like dad was a painter and decorator, worked really hard. And on the building sites, they all go out in the beer and they smoke their smokes and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So I do think there's an aspect of that. I really do. Yeah. Where else have you traveled then? What about, so some of the, um, you've been lucky enough to travel for your work and give presentations. What does that feel like? Because I'm nervous at public speaking, which is ridiculous because I'm on the radio, I'm on the TV, I do this and it doesn't bother me in the slightest. But if I've got to stand up in a room for the people, I am terrified. That's interesting. Well, I mean, uh, you know, that's, it's not unheard of though, you know, uh, because you're able to hide in your little square here you know or whatever you know you can kind of hide and that's you see I was different I, I sung I sang in a band years ago so I was well used to the stage I was on stage age 10 singing Super Trooper by ABBA like you know <laughs> uh, so you know that's something I always loved um, but I spoke in New Zealand yeah I spoke in Hong Kong as I said uh, San Diego social media marketing world and um yeah, I don't know how I traveled to all those places, but New Zealand was far. Whoa, it was really far away. Um, I was so tired, but it was just so nice. Um, so I was very lucky. But then these are all relationships I built on Twitter. These are all relationships I built with people. Um, and when you start proving that you know your stuff, people will ask you to speak at things. It's fun going to business trips like that it makes you feel very grown up I know that sounds stupid because we are grown up but when you're flying on your own to a, a land that you've never been to before far away and you've got to do some work while you're there there's an expectation of you it's so thrilling and exciting and nerve-wracking and so many things tied up in that well actually I remember when I was drunk in an airport and I was getting the, I was actually up at a party all night and I was coming back from London and I was getting on an early plane back, the six, half six plane, whatever it was. I remember looking at this woman and she had a briefcase and she had a suit on and she had lovely hair and she had lipstick and she looked lovely. And I remember looking at her going, I wish I could be like that. And so then a few years later, I was getting on a plane with my bag and my suit and my lipstick and I was a businesswoman getting on a plane to go to London. And that was really lovely for me. Lovely. You know, I've had a similar airport moment, actually, that made me really sad at the time, wishing I could be someone else. Yeah. And eventually I, I became that person. And I was in, when I was 20, 21, I developed an under, an underactive thyroid and it took me a long time to get it under control. And I put on 
uh, three stone within six or seven weeks. It was just crazy. Before that, I was modeling swimwear. And, you know, I look back and I look great. I, I did. Nobody thinks they ever looked great at the time, but I, yeah, I did. Yeah. And I put on all this weight. And I remember changing planes in Frankfurt and just feeling I wasn't even in my own clothes. I was wearing my boyfriend's clothes at the time because I couldn't fit in anything and couldn't afford to keep buying loads of clothes. So I was in like some sort of tent or whatever. And um, I remember seeing this really beautiful girl walking through security and she was eating an apple and she was only wearing something really simple like a tracksuit, but a really cool tracksuit, like as a model, you know, model off duty sort of look, eating the apple and she put it in the bin before she went through um, the security and I just looked at her and I thought wow I, I, I could have been like that and now the, the song that reminds me of how I felt at the time was um, a song by a band called Garbage called Stupid Girl I know and I know it, yeah. it really actually makes me shiver thinking about it because I remember listening to the lyrics and it said stupid it's stupid girl all you had you wasted and yeah. actually that my it's making me shiver right now even talking about it because that's how I felt but actually oh. I, I got there, you know, I managed to get on top of the thyroid, I managed to lose the weight, I managed to look good again, and I managed to be that successful person walking through an airport. I don't think I ever ate the apple, because I think it's actually quite ridiculous to eat an apple as you're going through security. <laughs> next time I go through security, actually, it's probably even more ridiculous to eat an apple now in the times of COVID walking through an airport. But metaphorically speaking, I'm, I am that girl eating that apple. That's lovely, isn't it, though, when you realize that you got there, you know, and it's, yeah, I remember and I was sitting there looking going, why can't I be like that person, you know, and and so don't underestimate how you can actually inspire people even just going around doing your own thing. You know, that girl that read the apple probably had no, the apple probably had no idea that she was actually inspiring you right there and then, you know, Um, and that's why it's always also, you were sad at that time. So it's always really important to realize that you don't know what someone's going through every day. And so that's why it's nice to be kind to everyone, not just the person. Like I remember often there's a VIP table when I go to speak at events and I always go and sit in the audience and they're like, where are you going? I'm like, oh, I'm just going to sit down here. You know, and 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 people have noticed that. And I, I just do it. It's just a thing I do because I think if at my conferences, there's no VIP table. Everybody sits in the audience. There is no one. The top front seats are not reserved. None of that crap, because you know what? We all need to work together and help each other. And I just hate that VIP thing. You know, it's, I just don't think it's now. Don't get me wrong. If I got first class, instead of, <laughs> I'm no, not going to take it. I'll sit back there. In <laughs> no, the no, no, no. I'll go to class <laughs> with the nun free champagne. I just mean, what I mean is, you know, you just don't know know who you're talking to and you just don't know. And the person in the corner who's really quiet, that looks a bit lost, could be the person that could change everything for you as well. Yes. And that's a lovely thing about when we're walking around on our in our day to day lives that we don't know if we're the girl with the apples or someone else. Someone exactly. We should call this episode the girl with the apple. The girl with the apple. I'd like to find her, but uh, I think that's an. I think we should try. (laughs) (laughs) Were you you just never know? Five. Were you walking through Frankfurt Airport with an apple? And And she's uh, probably in Frankfurt. I know, but this is it, you see. Um, But look, you know, this is, it's really important. And like when we're traveling, one of the things I love about traveling is the people I sit beside on the airplane. The conversation, I'm I'm one of those terrible chatters because I'm so nervous when we take off. I actually start crying and I start shaking 
But then and the person beside me going, so, are you nervous? <laughs> like, yes, I am nervous. I hate flying. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll be okay in a minute. <laughs> and that kind of starts the conversation, of course. And then, you know, um, so I always end up having big, long conversations. And then I'm fine once I'm up there and I forget I'm up there. You know? I used to be terrified of flying. I've got a long story about it. I've told it before, so I'm not going to I'm not going to tell it again. But I, I used to fly with this massive crystal that now you could actually you get arrested for because you could really kill someone if you lobbed it over their heads but I do remember one probably the worst flight of my life coming from I was going from Barcelona to um, Brussels and we were the last flight to land in a snowstorm and I do remember looking at the woman next to me and I was a very nervous flyer at the time and the woman next to me was a little old lady crossing herself you know like that and I'm like at that point I started to laugh hysterically because I'd gone beyond fear I'd gone beyond fear into the unknown and I was just laughing absolutely hysterically tears pouring down my eyes and this little old lady sitting next to me you know doing all the Hail Marys and everything um yeah totally digressing but this is what I love about this podcast we're gonna we can talk about absolutely anything and airports and airplanes and uh, our transitional places they make you think they they oh they yeah consider your life and what you're going through I love and- people watching at, at airports actually I love watching the people and thinking where are they going what's that story I wonder is that her his mistress Ooh, <laughs> I'd be making up stories about people probably not even true like no I, I do and my mum has always been the same she cries when she sees people hugging each other who haven't seen each other for a long time actually I was doing that at Brighton station the other day waiting to see some girlfriends of mine who I haven't seen for months and it's been quite an emotional time for well everyone I guess yeah. and um and I was watching people because we are in the time of COVID and I was watching people as they greeted other people off the trains so I was thinking are they are they uh, are they going to hug are they going to elbow what are they going to do yeah, like what's yeah, the yeah. protocol here um, yeah. which we now have yeah. to consider and then I, I saw a couple of young girls next to me they're beautiful young girls and long hair and great outfits on and they, yeah. uh, they they gave each other this really long, lingering hug. And I thought, oh, that's lovely. That's what I'm going to do when my friends came through. And then they started to kiss. And I thought, well, maybe I won't go that far, even though yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm pleased yeah. to see my friends. But, <laughs> but actually, think- that's lovely. When I Sorry, when I worked in the airport, I worked in the airport at one stage. And I used to work in arrivals. And that was one of my favorite things was Christmas. Oh, I used to be sitting there and I'd have the tissues and I'd be like, oh my God, it's just lovely watching the people come home. For it's kind of poignant at the moment. There's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that can't go home and I, for one, are de- devastated that I can't go home to my mum and dad and then my friends and family and the people and places I love in yeah. Spain in October yeah. for half term. I'm, I'm going yeah. back to my hometown really it restores me it refuels my soul really and I there's a lot of us now that are missing people and yeah. places do you what do you how do you feel about that well I'm okay my family are all here in Ireland and my mother lives across the road <laughs> and my sister who's my best friend lives around the corner she moved down here too I think they're all just following me I don't know but um no I'm I'm okay I don't have anyone really like all my my daughters are here and everyone is here I'm lucky I'm blessed do you miss travel a little bit I do, actually, because I, I was supposed to go to New York and Philadelphia again. So um, it's first on my list, I think. Um, maybe I might go back to Paris as well, my husband, because, you know, um, he has never... Fun. No, he's, never, he's never been... <laughs> well, just for fun, exactly. No, he hasn't been there before. So, yeah, yeah, maybe Paris. It is. I do miss that. But then, you know what? I've got a chance to get to know Ireland a hell of a lot more this year and get to know Ireland, how beautiful it is. See, we don't realise what's on our doorstep as well. The main thing is to be grateful for what we actually do have. And I think with this pandemic, day at a time, 
We do it in AA, like a day at a time. If you can just get through today, have your list for today, get through for today and go to bed thinking, right, I didn't hurt anyone today. I didn't insult anyone today. I helped three people today. I feel good. Everyone's healthy. Everyone's asleep and we're warm. Great. You never know also when you might inspire someone. You never know when you might be the girl with the apple. I love that. If I was a blogger, I'd be writing a blog right now about the girl with the apple, but I can't. I love the girl with the apple. I'll post something on Facebook, maybe. Um, So I'm going to ask you my last question. I could talk to it forever because this has been a really lovely winding conversation with lots of twists and turns about life and humanity. And I've I've enjoyed it immensely. But my last question is always about music, because Uh I believe that music and travel very much go hand in hand. So if you had to recall one song that reminds you of a special time and moment of travel what is that song and where were you what's the memory do you know what I just think of Dancing Queen because I that was the one I always I'm sorry but like everybody had to get out of the way and that was my song (laughs) so 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 during my party days in Paris in particular and um, when I traveled in Hong Kong and stuff yeah Dancing Queen so it does have happy happy memories of that was the one I was up in the bar with the uh, the guys <laughs> absolutely love it well I hope we'll be up on the bar with the guys dancing to Dancing Queen again sometime and it was lovely to have you on the Big Travel Podcast oh you're so welcome thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure thank you so much Samantha for your truly inspirational thoughts I really enjoyed that conversation thank you for listening to the Big Travel Podcast we'll be back very soon Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.